Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. If you've been enjoying our live episodes, why not come see a live recording of Drunk Women Solving Crime? Our next shows of 2019 are at the Pleasance Theatre London on Sunday, February 24th, with guests Helen Lederer and Beck Hill, and Thursday, April 25th, with Desiree Birch and Zoe Lyons. Tickets available at pleasance.co.uk. We also have a special show at the Vault Festival for International Women's Day on Friday, March 8th, with YouTube star, sex educator, and author. Hannah Witten, with 100% of the proceeds going to Child.org's Team Mum campaign. You can find more info and buy tickets at vaultfestival.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Is murder ever justified if someone is enough of a dickhead? Ooh. So, <laughs> I don't understand the steel plate in the head thing. Like, this will fix it. We'll just put a chunk of metal in there. He's what you would describe as a wrongen. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Is there not a law about not having your gun in the courtroom? Or, no, just. <laughs> I mean, he's got balls, like but not guns. Now it's time. For drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to uh, this episode of Drunk Women. And this week we are joined by the incredible sports presenter, reporter, and voiceover artist, it's Faye Carabbo! Yay! Yay! 
Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. It is our pleasure and it's a very special day, ladies and gentlemen. It's only Faye's bloody birthday! Prisigo pop. Any excuse, Faye. Any excuse. So I've noticed. So from the second I walked in, (laughs) I've basically bombarded. Like, I wish I could have this every single birthday or every single day. You've absolutely spoiled me. So thank you. Well, what can what can we say? What can we say? We're great, great, great people. Put yourselves on the back. Drinkers. This is also the second recording. So here we are. They have to guess. They could have already guessed. They probably could have. Within one second. (laughs) Um, Now, birthday girl. (laughs) No better way to celebrate than this question. Have you ever been a victim of a crime? Oh yeah, well, you know, take me back to like a depressing time on my birthday, why don't you? Um, uh, To be honest, I've been very, very lucky in my life. There was one time I was at the Hen and Chickens pub in Highbury in Islington. Do you know the one? Know it, of course. Know it, love it. Had been there most of the day. Nice. And it was before the times where you had those silly little hooks under the table. Oh. And I didn't put my bag. No. Under, well, the drunker I got, the less my feet were on my bag. Yeah. And I kept spinning around and da da da. And I just thought something wasn't quite right. And I just looked down and my bag was not there. <gasps> and then I looked out and there was my friend Ooh. sprinting oh. out of the door, chasing the rubber of the bag nice. down the road. Didn't he'd obviously been drinking all afternoon as well and didn't, oh. didn't catch them. So yeah, cue very quickly sobering oh. up and cancelling all cards. Oh. Yeah. I had my phone in my back pocket though, so that was good. Oh, that's, that's at good. least, yeah. Oh God. I always worry if I like run after someone when I've been drinking, I'll just do a little sicky. <laughs> just, I was just imagining this man like running down the road and then just being like, no. <laughs> but it, it was that time. So I'm, I'm trying to think what year it was. I'm going to totally age myself now. But it was a good <laughs> 10 years ago or so. I think even more than that, actually. Maybe 12 so or 13. Were, you were like 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, Taylor, so thank you. Ago. Yes, 18. <laughs> um, my teenage days, I used to put <laughs> photographs in my you know purse oh yeah and so you you had like your driving license all your you know my my student rail card obviously (laughs) young person's rail card all of those kind of things you gotta then find out and uh and cancel my beano membership card (laughs) (laughs) card. (laughs) um and yeah so that was the biggest that was the biggest problem with it was then all the little photos that i'd lost of friends and family and stuff like that which was but anyway lesson learned Good effort from your friend, though, like to try and chase. I think he regretted it. (laughs) (laughs) I regret you did a bit of sicky. (laughs) (laughs) And so, did he witness the guy trying to take? Yeah, I think it was a girl, actually. Yeah, so even even more embarrassing, he was outrun. You know, sometimes when when I hear these stories about people running after people, I always think like I'm sure it was Usain Bolt or someone whereby someone had stolen something and he oh. spotted it and he was like, "Well, I'll go after them." <laughs> I don't know who it was, but I know that it was like a runner. It was yeah. like it was in the papers, and I was just like, literally, that's probably why they train all the time to be these incredible runners, just in case they see something being stolen. <laughs> yeah. I've always 
yeah. to be that person that sticks my leg out when you see yeah. someone's done something. Go, oh, here we go. Yeah. It, it happened actually about two weeks ago. I saw someone running out. It's in Fulham Broadway. Um, and two kids started running out. And you could see... And then the security guard kind of came out. And I thought, oh, what have, the, what have they done? But it all happened so fast. And I thought, oh, I'll stick my leg out. Oh, and, then, and then I just completely bottled oh. it. I thought, they haven't stolen anything. And I'm literally just going to like trip this kid over. And everyone's going to think I'm evil. I had exactly the same thing where um, I was just changing buses and I was at a bus stop and this woman came running down the road and she had like she was holding a handbag in such a way that she was sort of like holding it with two arms in front of her right yeah. and I no one looked, holds their handbag yeah <laughs> and I looked at my boyfriend and I was like I think that and then we heard the shouting and people go stop wow and we everyone at the bus stop just froze oh no and then this woman ran past and then this bless him this guy this have a go hero I mean he was a big lad god love him and he'd run all the way from the pub <laughs> and then he ran past us and he gave us this horrible look Oh, no one did anything. Imagine if it was the same uh, crime. Yeah. And this was like we're <laughs> <laughs> witnessing it from different angles. Yeah. <laughs> this is an Islington. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't. But my favourite bit was that he then, for some reason, I don't know how he did it, but all of the contents of his pockets just fell on the floor as oh, he was no. running. So everything went everywhere. Oh. And he carried on running, and I just thought he was going to have a heart attack. Um, and oh. I ignored that as well. <laughs> but also, the like, the way that people trip people in the movies, like, it doesn't work that no, way no. in real life. I only know this because I have brothers. And, <laughs> like, you think you can just stick your leg out and, like, whoosh. But no, like, they stumble for a second, and then they keep going. So it isn't mm. as heroic as... Was there anything else in your um, in your handbag that, you, that was specific? Or... I, 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 I can't remember... I, I think it was just my purse I was mostly upset yeah. about. I don't think if somebody stole my handbag now, I mean that would be catastrophic because it has my my life in it. Yeah, mm. me too. But then I didn't have that much that much in there. It was more it was yeah. more the contents of my purse. Other stuff was kind of I think I had a hairbrush in there, you know, replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, on the podcast we do ask if you could see this this woman now, this woman that stole your bag. Mm. What would you say to her? I'd say, what did you do with my photos? Yeah. 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 You weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, thank you, Faith, for um, yeah. dredging that up on your birthday. No, Cheers! Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Now, we're getting into the bit of the podcast where we take on a true crime. So, uh, this is the story of Ken Rex McElroy and a town gone vigilante. This week we answer the question, is murder ever justified if someone is enough of a dickhead? So, <laughs> can we answer? Can we answer? Yeah, right. sure. Like, what, what, I mean, what do you, what do you yeah, make of that? No, no, yeah, you think Katie thinks yes immediately? Doesn't even need to hear the facts. I mean, it has to be a huge amount of a dickhead. Okay, we're gonna. We, I, think, I think I've got something for you here, um, Taylor. You no, know? I'm not ready. Yet. Okay. I'm not ready. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Okay, so Ken McElroy was uh, born in 1934 as the penultimate child among 16 other children. When he was a young boy, he was riding on a hay wagon on his parents' farm when he fell off and hit his head. This injury was so severe that a steel plate had to be surgically implanted into his head. He was illiterate and quit school year eight. Aww. So, so year, far, year so eight. sympathetic. As in the school year eight or age eight? The school year eight. And he's got a name called Rex, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> he was named after the family dog they got to the 16th child oh. they were like oh, no. I, don't, um, I don't understand the steel plate in the head thing 
I never have. Like, this will fix it. We'll just put a chunk of metal in there. I've never understood how that helps. That's a really good point, isn't it? Like, oh, keep it from spilling out. Or, we'll cut it in half with some metal. It's like a step up from an elastoplast. Um, so as a grown-up, he made a relatively good living racing and selling dogs uh, and leasing out land by his farm. But this wasn't enough for him, and he soon turned to crime. It started with hunting raccoons and escalated <laughs> to... The best of all the crimes. <laughs> the crime. yeah. I, know, I don't know what... But anyway, um, and escalated... You just wait till they come around the bins. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> um, to steal, it escalated to stealing grain, alcohol, gasoline, antiques and livestock. Um, not all at the same time, I presume. Just yeah, yeah, like you put them. Yes, he's gone to Lidl or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so McElroy uh, got arrested around four times a year. Uh, he terrorised the town and managed to escape conviction every single time. Uh, he carried a gun and intimidated anyone who got in his way. Okay, this is definitely in the US. That was the question. <laughs> How did he get away with it? Well, well, we'll come on to that. Four times a year and always... Yeah, over about 20 years. Wow. Well, They're I, like, well, he, he's got that plate in his head, so... He's a white Port man, Ken. too, I'm assuming. He is a white man. Ken <laughs> McElroy is a white man, yes. Um, okay, so, I mean, I guess we could get more specific. Yes, it is in America. I'm sorry. <laughs> I across the but I was like... Is yeah. his name Ken? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd renamed him Rex. No, that's he's called I, Ken Rex. Oh, he's called Ken Rex. That's like a lame name with a stud name. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. No wonder he's confused. The name's Ken. Ken Rex. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, it was America. It happened mm. in the town of Skidmore. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible name for town. Uh, and uh, so the town's called Skidmore. Can you think, like, uh, just guess somewhere in America? Wyoming. Oh, nice. Ooh. No. <laughs> Illinois. No. That's funny. I was like, Skidmore, Illinois. Um, wow. Ken Rex McElroy. Indiana. Skidmore. No. I was going to say Texas. Texas. Kansas. No. South Dakota. So no. many fucking states. North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Begins with how many, how many have we done? With Massachusetts. Montana. No. Massachusetts. No. Oh, gosh. Mississippi. Um, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Missouri. No. <laughs> oh, Skidmore, Missouri. There we go. Okay. Uh, the town was home to less than 450 residents, and 10 of these residents were Ken McElroy's children, which he had <gasps> via four different women, including Trina McLeod, who, when McElroy met her, was only 12 years old. Oh. What the fuck? Yeah. There's a lot wrong with this town. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, uh, within two years, she was expecting her first child. So um, you say there's a lot wrong with the town. That's probably true. Um, but they didn't just but let him... But don't diss Skidmore. <laughs> you don't know well, about Skidmore. So, like, presumably... Well, actually, was there a different age of consent in the 19... 19- they didn't let him get away with it. So okay. this is one of the things that he's taken to court for. McElroy was accused of child molestation. Um, and, you know, quite rightly, he should have been. But there was a loophole. Oh, God. And he got out of it. Like, oh. he gets out of everything. What do you think the loophole was? They got married or... She had a kid, or he married her. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Like so, the, they got married. Um. So married, Trenna would be unable to give evidence against him due to a thing called spousal privilege. Mm. Oh man. So that's not just a joke in sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a real thing where you can't convict your spouse. 
Yeah, isn't that incredible? So, but so she's twelve. So well, she's fourteen when she has the child, and that's when he gets accused of it. And but obviously, she agrees to marry him. Where are her parents in all this? Well, no, it's a good, it's a good question. But he was the most frightening man in this town. Oh. Um, yes, um, and apparently, the spousal privilege is basically means uh, that. It's based on the husband and wife being seen as one person. Mm. Oh, God. I know, it's bad, isn't it? That's awful. <laughs> There's that line, I love that line in Parks and Rec, which was about the fact that when, what is it, when a couple get married, two single people die. Which is <laughs> <laughs> different to this. He married Trenna, um, who then went to live with him and his ex-wife. Uh, which is no fun, is it? So do you think... his ex-wife? Yeah, so his ex-wife is still living in the house because he was just like, oh, well, I'll divorce you and marry her for the sake of... And there's lots of kind of... The more I researched into this... he's like the Fagan of the um, world. (laughs) The Missouri world. Yeah. (laughs) With all the, you know, the... Fagans. Yeah, but like all these poor young children doing his bidding and like... I am not Do Team I mean K-Rex. Like I am not Team K-Rex <laughs> Not at all. anymore. Um, um, K-Rex. Mm. Sort of a bit weird you've given him that name. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and she didn't enjoy life there. And shortly afterwards, after she gave birth, um, she made an escape bid and ended up oh. at her parents' house um, with her baby boy. Uh, do you think McElroy just let her do this? No. Mm. no. An escape bid? Is that a legal... She just, just mean she well, she just she ran away from him basically. So presumably it's the forties now, is it? No, no, it's no, it'll be 50s. like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so he went and got I mean, I realise that this is quite a sort of like this this particular case is pretty horrible because because of what happens, you I really need to paint this picture of okay. what this guy is like. No, that's fine. Okay. We're already excited that he's yeah. gonna get murdered. K Rex, K Rex. Um no, he um he went and got her, um, took her back to the house and then went back to her parents' house and burnt it down. <gasps> wow. Oh. I know it's a lot, isn't it? He's what you would describe as a wrongen. Yes. (laughs) I mean, we don't want to go overboard here. (laughs) Toxic masculinity. (laughs) He um, also shot someone. Um, Who do you think that was? Oh God, was it one of her parents? No, I'll give you a clue. It wasn't someone. Oh, oh, it wasn't a human person. Oh, Oh. did she? The family dog. Yes. Rex, who he was named after. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) His namesake. Um, wait, so he goes to the parents' house, gets her back, burns mm-hmm. down the house and shoots the dog. Yes. Okay, so I mean, I want him dead. <laughs> what, immediately? <laughs> I want him dead right now. <laughs> so, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your first question, <laughs> Katie's ready. Give me the so gun. So he burnt her house, the family house down, mm-hmm. and then shot the dog. Yeah. So the parents could just come back to... Nothing. Yeah, I mean the parents and survived. Then I don't know what forces the girl. Yeah, to, to go back and, and live with him, and no. yeah, and she and she did. You know, that's the, and she was there when he was murdered. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sort of behaviour continues for several years, um, and his list of misdemeanours getting only longer and more serious. So McElroy shoots a local farmer. Uh, a guy called Romaine Henry uh, in the stomach because he was trying to chase McElroy off his land. So McElroy was on Romaine Henry's land. Yeah. Romaine Henry says, get off my land. And he shoots him in the stomach. His name was Romaine. Yeah. Did he grow lettuce? (laughs) (laughs) 
Just asking. Did he invent lettuce? <laughs> what, is so, that a misdemeanor? <laughs> shooting him in the and stomach. And so he doesn't get prosecuted for burning down a house nope. or shooting a dog. Uh huh. Does he get prosecuted for this farmer murder? No, he doesn't because McElroy's attorney, Richard McFadden, um, said he routinely defended McElroy um, over the years and he said he was the best client I ever had. Ugh. He was punctual, always said he didn't punctual. do it, paid in cash, and oh. kept coming back. The fuck, and that was, I think, a perfect Missouri action. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was that was spot on. Uh, uh, I'm managed to sound like an asshole as well, which is yeah, brilliant. <laughs> like, but how, how do you get away with murder, though? What's the plea for that? Well, he didn't kill. Richard paid in cash was supposed to come first. <laughs> <laughs> Punctual, like uh, you can be late, but if you pay in cash, right. uh, he didn't kill Romaine Henry. He didn't die. Oh. Shot in the stomach, but he didn't die. But it's still a crime to shoot someone in the stomach, though. But he managed to get away with it um, because of this attorney. So this attorney used to pre- represent other people as well. What kind of people do you think he represented? Criminals. Yes, criminals. <laughs> He's a I mafia one. A ne'er-do-well. Re- reprobate. <laughs> a badden. A reprobate. Um, but, I mean, it was the was mob. that his... It's I was going to say the mafia, This is very like, gangster mm, behaviour, mm. burning down someone's house and shooting their dog. And I kind of think that, like, to be honest, I, maybe that's the attorney I'd want. Like, would you not want someone that well, worked for the mob? of course. It's the attorney we all want. <laughs> and that we'll all get. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the town. Um, on the So this... Uh, Skidmark. What's it called? <laughs> Skidmore, I think. Skid- I'm so sorry to the residents. We've we've a big fan base. No, in Skidmore. I am not sorry to the. Oh no, the modern residents are probably not. Yeah, the people that. And were also, it off. wasn't really their their <laughs> fault. Like it's kind of the justice system. So the town um, hated McElroy uh, because he'd been terrorising Skidmore for years and kept getting away with it. Yeah. Uh, so it all comes to a head in 1980 when his eight-year-old 1980? son. 1980. Yeah, 1980. So wait, he's been years raping later. kids for ages and then suddenly 1980 everyone gets pissed off yeah we're not talking about michael jackson (laughs) we're talking about this case um so yeah it's in 1980 uh when his eight-year-old son was in the general store and the elderly owner ernest bow bowen camp um asked him to put back some sweets that he hadn't paid for uh, and apparently McElroy was so incensed by this that he started stalking the Bowen Camp family and a few days later drove into an alley next to the general store, confronted Bo and shot him in the neck at close range with a shotgun. Because he told his kid to not steal? Yep. So do you think Bo survived? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
close range of the shotgun. I'm, I'm now I do because you're asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At you the know. time, I didn't. You can really read me like a book. <laughs> Faye, well, such a sleuth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with survived. <laughs> yes, he did. He survived. Um, shortly after, McElroy was arrested and charged with attempted murder. Okay. So a trial took place this time. Uh, do you think he was convicted? Well, so he's never been brought to court. Never been. Until now. Yeah. He has shot a farmer in the stomach. Yep. He's, he's raped like, a 12-year-old. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I reckon... That all of the people on the jury, if they're all from that area, are too terrified to convict him. Oh, so yeah. yes, jury tampering, intimidation Ooh. thing. This up to this point, this is what this is what he would do. Is he would he would always have his gun with him. He'd intimidate people. I mean, is there not a law about not having your gun in the courtroom? Or no, just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got balls. I like but guilty. Oh my Um, I'm just so confused how this guy has amassed so much power. Like he's just got just... a great attorney and he um, just threatens people. Anybody Where does he get who... the money to pay this mafia lawyer? I think he had him, yeah, he had him on retainer. Um, God, he had him on retainer. <laughs> he's a standard he's retainer. He's killing raccoons, he's stealing gas and all those things. He's making loads of money. He is making money from his uh, exploits and he'd like cattle rustle and and he also had legitimate businesses as well. So like I right? always do. Yes, yeah, so he was convicted this time, guys. Oh. He was convicted. Um despite the fact he tried to intimidate the family by parking outside their house at night and sometimes even firing his gun that he had with him. Um this is while the trial was going on. Huh. Um but although he was convicted, he appealed and was released on bond. How did that happen? Well, he appealed and he's got this good attorney and they had to release him until they found a time to... I mean, I don't know. You read it and you're just like, the justice system has let this town down over and over again. Uh. Um, so he was free again. And it's fun to pretend that Ken Rex, just for a second, was a black woman. Like, pretend <laughs> any of this happened. It's yeah, like, yeah. So I parked outside their house, I shot off my gun. It's like, well, bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he is getting away with it. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, and there's more to it as well. Like, but just not so much that we can cover in this uh, in this episode. But real, real dickhead. Um, so once freed, McElroy didn't just quietly celebrate his victory. Instead, he continued to harass Bowen Camp, parking outside his house again with his shotgun, um, and even even showing up to the town's local bar armed with a shotgun, and no, it, armed with a rifle and a bayonet. <laughs> All over sweets, penny sweets. Yeah. God, can you imagine? Well, it's the ego, isn't it? It's like the narcissism and the crazy. He's a proper psychopath, isn't he? I mean, definitely. Um, so he threatened to kill the elderly grocer in the uh, in the local bar, and the and police, he's... yeah, the police could do nothing. What? I know. So McElroy knew exactly what he could get away with uh, within the law. So the townspeople, uh, they took matters into their own hands. They met at the village hall. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, isn't it? Oh my god! Um, and decided they needed to do <laughs> so something. So covert. <laughs> there would have been posters. Well, there's, uh, yeah, we've got one building that can fit us. Uh, so they. We are Skidmark. We will not put up with this. <laughs> Who's with me? Um, so they met at the village hall and decided they needed to do something about the town bully. Even the mayor was there. Uh, so what do you think they decided to do? Bearing in mind they did well, 
Let's, let's see what you think. The mayor it's, was there. They're going to do like Murder on the Orient Express. Everyone's guilty. Turn out the lights. It could have been anyone. Very much so, yeah. Oh my God, really? <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of annoying when people get this stuff right. <laughs> well, it's not that. What's so interesting about this case is that... We don't know if that's what they... So I'll tell you what happens next. But okay. We don't know if this was something they all premeditated together or something that just happened. Oh, and they spontaneous. All... Yeah. But we know they had a meeting. We know they had a meeting literally just before this happened. Okay. So they're having a meeting and the first thing someone suggested <laughs> was a neighbourhood watch. Obviously. Because that's going to help. That's, <laughs> I can just picture the person saying that too. Yeah. Like, maybe... <laughs> We don't have to do it. Let's not jump to doing things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I've seen him. He's just shot someone. Yep, thanks. <laughs> and also it's a bit like um, Who Shot Mr. Burns, that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> um, so they, someone was suggesting a neighbourhood watch, um, but about halfway through the meeting, someone came in saying Ken was in town and was making threats in the local bar. Uh, so this was all too much for the townsfolk and en masse somewhere between 40 and 50 people marched up the main street outside the bar when Ken and his wife Trenna were sat in the van what happens next which one's Trenna is that the 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 first first, 12 year old she the first wife yeah Yeah. well she's the fourth wife the The first one we've mentioned yeah yeah Oh, the so one Trenna that he burned the down the house. The child, oh, yeah. the child bride. You know what my be best nice. memory of our marriage is? Is when you torched my parents' house and shot my dog. <laughs> Happy 40th, baby. <laughs> so yeah, they've been married 30 years, right? Oh. Well, for quite a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, what was your question? Uh, well, essentially it was what happens next, but actually, to be fair, that's quite open. So, as Ken McElroy sat in his sh- Chevy Silverado, the town opened fire and at least two guns were used to shoot 15 rounds. <laughs> his wife was pulled to safety and McElroy was hit twice. Wow, oh, that's nice they pulled her to safety. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a sweet ending to she this. She's had a bit of a shit life, really, she so has, yeah. nice that she was then she saved was a grisly end. <laughs> I bet she was in on it. They're like, Maybe. hey. They were like, remember the shit hey, start you, you had yeah, your so marriage? You know what? If we say you, three, two, one, duck. Yeah. <laughs> all you have to do is get him to sit in his car. We'll do the rest. Unfortunately, as oh, ever with all of these things, oh she was no. the only one that was like, oh, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't. And the, Oh, no. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. The fire at her parents' house. She was like, it's an electrical fault that happened to happen. Oh, yeah, anyway. how did the dog and get the shot? Dog? You idiot. Shot itself or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so my gangs, question to you. All the gangs. So McElroy was hit twice. Who called the ambulance? Her. Oh, uh, he did. He was shot twice. Maybe he wasn't dead and he called it himself. Ooh. Wow. The mayor. It was no one. Oh, oh. no one called an ambulance. No one called an ambulance. But did an ambulance come? I think eventually someone came, but the whole town, like there was 50 people. They're like, la, la, la. La, la, la. Yeah, exactly. So he died. Oh, um, wow. And so... Oh, shame. <laughs> <laughs> so of the 40 people on the main street surrounding his car that day, how many do you think testified as witnesses? None. 40. You're completely right. None, None of them. None of them. Is this why they did this like neighborhood watch front? That they're like, yeah, we were all watching and we didn't see anything. Oh, I don't know how far I mean, they got that the cover. I don't know because this is what's interesting about this case is it's like how much of it was that they decided, right, we're going to go and kill him right now and we're not going to say who it was or how much of it was they all went up there. Two people were like, right, that's it. I'm going to shoot him. And then everyone else yeah. was, I'm Spartacus. 
everyone else was yeah. on Spartacus. Yeah. So, everybody's um, like, let's just shoot our guns because that's fun. <laughs> like the bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, so everybody claimed they didn't see who fired the shots apart from the fact they all saw it, even the mayor. Um, and <laughs> so almost, the mayor was there. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's a little bit like the more sort of like different things you read about this case. You're like, sometimes the mayor's not there. Sometimes it happens outside the general store. Sometimes it happens yeah. outside the park. There's different sort of like, yeah. sometimes it's straight after this meeting. Become sometimes it's a bit it's folklore. The, it's a bit yeah. Folklore, but these are the kind of the main sort of the main sure. beats. So almost forty years later, no one has ever said who did it. Uh, Ken's wife Trenna said she saw who did it and said it was a guy called Del Clement uh, who was part owner of the bar. But he said he didn't do it, and the DA declined to press charges. Uh, and the following investigation proved to be futile as no one would take the stand. Del killed Ken. Sounds like something. Yeah, like it's very only fools and horses. <laughs> oh, that's an episode I want to watch. That like crossover with Corey. So Del Boy kills Ken Barlow. That would be amazing. Um, uh, yeah, even the FBI tried to crack the case, um, but no one said a word. So you've got this whole wow. town. The well, FBI. That, I mean, you've are coming. got the wife IDing a perp. So they have got something. A perp. I love it. I love the lingo. (laughs) I am such a good detective. (laughs) You're in a professional police station now. (laughs) Sleuth. (laughs) Yeah, but they looked into it and then I think everyone else said, oh no, it wasn't him. Okay. And then so her testimony didn't really mean anything. She's just a dumb lady, right? What does she know? Well, maybe, but also, yeah, when everyone else is saying... Maybe you've got 40 other people discounting him. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so, um, yeah, they never said anything. Ernest Bowenkamp's daughter, Cheryl Houston. Go on. Well, I was just wondering, because I know, like, safety and numbers and all of that, so everybody's saying we didn't see anything. Mm. Did they know that Ken had this mafia... Lawyer, like there Actually, obviously yeah. wasn't this fear of like, well, they're gonna take us all out. Is there gonna be a mob reprisal? On but the I don't think right. he was. I don't think he was ever part of the mafia. Like it wasn't. He was just this dude. He just happened. He could afford him. Yeah. So he was like the side. He was probably pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> it's like because they do. They're like, well, well, we'll represent the mob, but then we do pro bono. <laughs> White guys from Missouri. <laughs> It's something like that. Yeah, he wasn't mafia. He was just this guy sure. <laughs> who was just, I think, obsessed with being Irish mis- guy. With he just he worked out he could head. run this town. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And then the town said, "No, mate." Um, so Ernest Bowenkamp's daughter Cheryl Houston said, "Once the shroud of silence fell, there was never going to be there, there was going to be no one talking. They could have pushed and dug and pushed and dug and gotten nothing." Town Marshal David Dunbar, who had resigned the post a year or so before, out of fear of McElroy, <laughs> would only comment 20 years later. Wow. And he said, it's really a shame about the Silverado. That was a really nice truck. Oh, Ben. Wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. After all of that time, he's like, well, they smashed the truck up, so that's a shame. With the guns. Um, so, yeah. my silver... You know you're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, did start, you did start it off by saying, if you're a dickhead, is it okay to be murdered? Yes. And I, th- I, I think I know the answer to that. <laughs> it, feel, it feels that way, doesn't it? And it feels like we had to get quite dark there, but you had to know... It's hard to crack, there. Carruthers, but yeah. you had to go through the story before you knew what you felt in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> So my final question to you guys is, you know, if this happened in your hometown, you know, and these were the circumstances, or you were in Skidmore, Missouri in 1980. I'm still laughing. <laughs> would, you, would you have kept quiet? What do you think? 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. We'd have had to kill him way sooner than that if that was my town. Yeah, it, did, <laughs> it, did, it took them a little bit, a little bit too yeah. long. Mm. That almost becomes its own mafia, doesn't it? Like if you're the one mob in the rule. tiny town, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. You don't want to be that guy. Pitchfork mob. Right. I think Ken deserves a fair trial. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> wants to be Ken that guy. Ken had twenty fair trials, unfair trials. His exactly. name's Ken. He must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> lovely Ken. Lovely Ken. Um. So, well, that is the end of the story of Ken. Uh, Ken Rex McElroy. Uh, so, cheers. Here's to Skidmore, Missouri, the town who got away with murder. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, well done, Skidmore, Missouri. <laughs> This is the last part of the podcast and where we, we take a listener crime. And this crime was submitted to us when we did our live show because we asked people to write down their um, their crimes. And this person hasn't put, hasn't given a name. So it's a bit of a mystery. Um, <laughs> and Hannah has also ripped it now. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was like, yeah, I'll use this one and then pulled she it. And excited. It's, it's come apart. Um, the handwriting is very similar to that of my 93-year-old Nana. Oh. So I did not see her at the live show. <laughs> she has been dead for 15 years. But this, um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to assume this was maybe her. So at my eight, dear drunk women. At my eighth birthday party at home with family, the cake was a healthy fruit cake. Open brackets. That was very disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. I can relate to that. You got to go Madeira or Vicky Sponge? Oh, Vicky Sponge, actually. Yeah, they're very similar, but Vicky Sponge has the edge. Uh, There was icing on the top and a large pink rose, which was mine underlined, uh, because it was my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to have the face of Colin the Caterpillar if it's your birthday. Yeah, you get all the good bits. Damn right. Damn right. Just I love the idea that in this podcast people are going, yes, yes, <laughs> rather than like him being this terrible man being murdered. Like, yes, Colin Caterpillar. <laughs> um, so once I'd blown out the candles, there was lots of commotion. And amidst Oof. presents, I lost sight of the cake. <laughs> when I saw the cake again, the rose was gone. Oh. And that's from Nana. So, <laughs> so we kind of need a list of suspects because it could have been any one of the other kids at that party. It feels like a sibling. Yes. Just immediately. Yeah. I don't think friends ever have the balls to be like, I will steal. Oh, there's always a couple of naughty kids that would. Have you seen Secret Life of Four-Year-Olds? Yes. There will be kids that just yeah. go, not allowed yeah. to touch that, I'm touching it. Yeah, that's that true. That rose is mine. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it means a lot to another child. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I'm going to homeschool my kid. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I chose this wow. one specifically uh, because this child has been Hannah Georged, as we call him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I read it and I was like, oh shit, was my brother at this gig? Because. (laughs) And why does he write like that? Well, I've been, yeah, literally, it was kind of, it almost became a fun tradition. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a particular Thomas the Tank Engine cake whereby even before they put the candles on, I'd like, I'd gone for the chimney. 
the chimney. Not Thomas, the, the chimney. <laughs> That's a big chunk of icing. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was like this big licorice thing. Like, yeah. And then like, they were like, where's it gone? And like, my parents were like, look inside Hannah's mouth and it was like, black mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, that upset my brother quite a lot. And then there's this great home video of like, oh my God, if I can find it and put it online, oh. it's just this video of everyone singing my brother happy birthday when he's four. And there's this oh. big cake and there's like 20 people around. There's this big cake and it's got Smarties all over it. And everyone's like looking at Tom singing his thing. And then I'm just slowly picking, <laughs> like methodically picking all these Smarties off the cake and just eating them. And then looking around, still no one's watching. So I really relate to this. And I've just got to say to the person that wrote in, it was, it was either me or it was your little sister. <laughs> I so want to see that video. You have to trademark that. It's been Hannah George. Yeah. <laughs> when something has been stolen from you. <laughs> you were Hannah George and the Hen and Chickens. <laughs> it has to be food. It has to be food that was yours. Oh, okay. Fit to be Hannah George. It has to be this really lovely bit of food that you were really looking forward to that was your special treat for your birthday. I wondered what happened to my cake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That was me trying to sound like I've got food in my mouth, but I sounded like a dog. I don't know what you mean. Well, we solved that, though. Yeah, it I'm was... glad that you just weren't enough of a dickhead on the Isle of Wight <laughs> to be taken out. <laughs> I can imagine, like, all oh, my brother, my brother and all his friends are, like, super okay. soakers. Right, being that's like, that's yeah. Amazing. yeah, I'm sat in one of those little cars. <laughs> <laughs> No one saw nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a birthday theme today as well. That's yeah, probably why. That was a good that's why I chose it rather than <laughs> to, to implicate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked through a lot of things rather tonight. Than, yeah. to, to out yourself. <laughs> Faye, what's the best birthday you've ever had? Today. We, oh. yeah. <laughs> we kind of know the answer, but <laughs> it's been awesome. Thank oh. you very much. Well, Faye, do you have anything that you want to uh, tell us about? What are you up to? What can you tell our listeners to listen in for for you? Uh, so, well, it's been one of those random days today because I did a um, football weekly podcast for The Guardian yeah. this morning. Very nice. And then this, this afternoon, which is great. I'm at Luton versus Plymouth for Soccer Saturday. Oh. On Saturday, Luton on my... Woo! Luton and my team so it's that like I I actually everyone's like oh you can't be biased I'm like obviously I'm a journalist I'm not going to be biased but But who do you think is going to win well Luton obviously but I will (laughs) go the other way and the problem is I will then go Plymouth are amazing just to kind of cover it up (laughs) (laughs) even if we're winning (laughs) 4-0 brilliant so yeah very nice follow Faye on Twitter and by the time this is out we'll know who won Luton or Plymouth (gasps) oh That's a good point. And you'll also know whether or not I've been annihilated by Plymouth fans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, brilliant. Well, thank you for coming along and solving some crimes of us. Cheers! Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.